Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. everybody how's it going today send me a message on instagram i'm there as brazuca sounds also you can follow a playlist on spotify brazuca sounds soundtrack every single song that i play here i normally add to this playlist so there are more than 25 hours of music already today is brazuca sounds number 56 and normally I do celebrations of 50 years old records released. Today we're gonna even go back in time 60 years. 1963, not only an album but a record label created on that year, Elenco. That's pretty much mixed up with the history of Bossa Nova in Brazil, founded by Aloysio de Oliveira in 63, as I said. And Elenco existed only five years, but nonetheless, it became iconic for its records as well for their covers. Uh, Elenco translates into cast, and Aloysio's ambition was to join the biggest names of Bossa Nova at the time, hence this name, Elenco. He quite accomplished his ideas. Uh, he became Brazil's most influential labels. So I'm going to talk about 10 different records that encapsulated the history of Elenco. So this is Berimbau, first song of the first album ever released by the record label Elenco. Vinicius de Moraes singing here all the songs written with his pal Baden Powell, which, by the way, is also playing the guitar in many of the songs. This song became so iconic that only in the year of 1963 was recorded more than 20 times. Berimbau is really one of those quintessential Afro-sambas, right? It is Bossa Nova, but also Afro-samba. Later in life, three years after releasing this record, Vinicius de Moraes and Baden Powell will obviously release an album together with that name. Vinicius de Moraes, obviously, of the 10 most popular Bossa Nova songs ever written, he was probably wrote seven or eight of them, right? Girl from Ipanema, How Insensitive, Chega de Saudade, a lot than including this one here, Baiting Bao. But this record here was released as a duo, Vinicius de Moraes and Odete Lara. Só por 
So Odette Lara singing here, she was not really a musician or singer, she was more like an actress. That was the idea also of the owner of the label, to put together uh, this not-so-conventional duos. Uh, she was a very famous actress on that year of 63. She was the star uh, of the movie Bonitinha Mas Ordinária, classic in Brazil, by author and playwright Nelson Rodrigues. And she had like a brief but consistent musical career, mostly by the side of Vinícius de Moraes. And she has actually a marvelous of a voice, And Odette Lara, actually, she ended up her public career in around 1978, 1979, to dedicate her life to Buddhism. So she became kind of recluse and isolated in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, so this record here is a combination of many songs performed by Vinicius, other songs performed by Odette Lara. Obviously, also has some of the Vinicius de Moraes already classics like Mulher Carioca, and this one now on the background, Samba da Benção. Melhor ser alegre que ser triste Alegria é a melhor coisa que existe É assim como a luz no coração Obviously, the album cover here is also very iconic Like every single record put out by Elenco, they are instantly recognizable. Very simple elements, right? All the photographs or illustrations are in black and white, and this red dot as a soul color. So it's black and white and this red dots. Uh, the album cover of this record here is Vinicius. Uh, image sitting on a chair with his legs crossed, Odette Lara is standing up, posing. Uh, later in 66, Elenco, the record label, used the same cover for a Vinicius de Moraes compilation, only excluding Odette from the design, so they also had to save a lot of money sometimes. Fazer samba não é contar piada, quem faz samba assim não é de nada. O bom samba é uma forma de oração. One of the most famous songs of Vinícius de Moraes, at some point of the song, there is a spoken word where he, he recites all his influences, right? All these uh, songwriters of the history of Brazil, uh, Pixinguinha, Dorival Caymmi, Cartola, Nelson Cavaquinho. A benção, Cartola! A benção, Ismael Silva. Sua benção em todos os prazeres. A benção, Nelson Cavaquinho. So, top to bottom, a classic Vinicius e Odete from 1963. Another record that's pretty much very important but not so recognizable for the international audience was also released in 63.
Ah, se eu pudesse te buscar sorrindo E lindo fosse o dia como um dia foi E indo neste lindo feito pra nós dois Lúcio Alves did not initiate his career playing the bossa nova, right? He was recording LPs all the way through the 1950s And by the way, Aloysio Oliveira, the owner of Elenco He used to work for the record labels Odeon and Philips before Hans He had this ability to recruit very important names, the creme de la creme of Brazilian songwriters and singers. Lucio Alves was one of the great stars of the pre-Bossa Nova uh, radio singers era, influenced by Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, all those American pop singers, right? So this more mellow and smooth approach would influence many young Brazilians at the time from the Bossa Nova first generation, such as João Gilberto, who incorporated those elements into this new one of the most famous songs written by Roberto Menescal. Uh, this album here features a dozen songs entirely composed by this Bossa Nova songwriting duo of Roberto Menescal and Ronaldo Boscoli, including two very famous songs. <laughs> But as you can see here, rather than settle into this gentle bosom of style, Lucio Alves is uh, framed in a more upbeat Uh, modern pop style, right? He was not only Bossa Nova, quite the opposite. So this album here is not either Bossa Nova or romantic samba ballads. It's something in between. At least 60 to 70% of the songs, you gotta check it out and obviously know the work of Lucio Alves, so important for Brazilian music history, just like the guy that he is performing all the songs here, Roberto Menescal. So this is the very song from before, Samba Lança. Written by Roberto Menescal, this is his debut album released in 1963 with his group. Bossa Nova was in its prime, so it was about good vibes, right? Idyllic songs about the nature, the sea, Rio de Janeiro, Bossa Nova itself, a lot of meta-linguistic songs uh, in Bossa Nova, like this one in the background. 
Balança com jeito, balança no olhar, balança pedindo pra eu balançar, balança no tempo, balança no andar. Vai o cotobulo, cotobulo, papai, balança essa bosta. Ah, so, record here is a combination of Roberto Menescal's songs and Bossa Nova standards as well, some songs written by Tom Jobim. instrumental records ever put out in Brazil, I would rather say. Even if all members, they were basically teenagers at the time, uh, Ali Murphy is going to join us here to read this text from the back over. In order to see a live concert by Roberto Menescal's combo, it is necessary to be in a special locale, and moreover, in the afternoon. That's because the age of the group varies between 15 and 20 years old. So the flutist here, Henry Axelrod, 15 years old at the time, Roberto Menescal himself was 25, pianist Elmir Deodato. He was 19, this is literally his first album credit. Uh, the drummer, he was also very important, João Palma. He played in many of the Tom Jobim albums subsequently. And just because Elenco, the record label, had a very short spell, Roberto Menescal is actually a constant member of the cast. He released five records on Elenco, solo or as a feature member. All these records were pretty much also recorded in the very same studio, all in Copacabana in Rio de Janeiro. Janeiro, normally with the same engineer, so I guess it's important to mention the guy here, Norman Stenberger. So if you take a look on the album credits of all those records by Elenco, and every single one this name, Norman Steinberger, is gonna be there. famous songwriters, we're going to transition now to one of the most famous singers of that era. Rio que mora no mar, sorriu pro meu rio que tem no seu mar, lindas flores que nascem morenas em jardins de sol. Rio, serras de viludo, sorriu pro meu rio que sorri de tudo, que é dourado quase todo dia, alegre como a luz. Rio so again, is the song Rio, performed by Sylvia Tallis, now the version with the lyrics, the song written by Roberto Menescal and Ronaldo Boscoli. And here, everything is reinforced by this legendary arrangements by Maestro Lindolfo Gaia. When 
it comes to orchestrations, Gaia was definitely the top five of Brazilian music history. The name of the record by Silvia Telles is Bossa, Balanço e Balada, the three Bs, more or less mean Bossa, Swing and Beats. So Silvia Telles was the muse of Bossa Nova before everybody was a thing, right? She was there before Nara Leão, before Elise Regina. She was literally present at the night concert in 1958, where the term Bolsonaro was allegedly coined. Telles began recording at the age of 21. And by the way, she was managed by Aloysio, the record label owner who produced her albums before at Philips, before signing her to his own label here, Elenco. They, at that point, were actually a couple, right? They married. Relationship was not very nice, by the way. A lot of crazy stories between Silvia and Aloysio. And despite the fact the order of the catalog, number one to five, all the first five records of Elenco were released Uh, at the same time. So all the records that I already play here, Vinicius and Odetti, Lucio Alves, Roberto Menescal, and this one by Silvia Telles were released at the same time. Minha alma canta Vejo Rio de Janeiro Silvia Telles was in fact one of the first performers of Tom Jobim's songs yet in the 1950s. Silvia Telles had this like sensual voice, right? It sounded both a little casual, but also super like a crooner. It seems very effortlessly, though. There's obviously a bunch of songs more cheesy on this album, but you gotta be a cynic to not like even those songs. Could every single record had a text on the back over. They were all written by the record label owner Aloysio. Ali Murphy is gonna join us one more time to read the back over. When Sylvia sings, she sings happy and she sings sad. She sings bossa and she sings with a swing. She performs like a mature child. Sometimes she's Sylvia, sometimes she's Sylvinha. Obviously, this record is from 63, and by 64, Bolsonaro was a much in demand globally, and Sylvia Telles was destined to be the biggest of it all. But unfortunately, Sylvia here, she died tragically in 1966. Uh, on a car accident, her then new husband was driving the car. She was only 32 years old, so she never became like the muse of Bolsonaro. That role ended up becoming with another very young talent, one of the most influential records ever released. Nasci lá na Bahia de Mucama Confeito meu pai dormia em cama, minha mãe no pisador. 
So Natalia obviously another important bossa nova diva, then legendary musical evenings at her apartment it became the embryo of bossa nova because she's only 15, 16 at the time. So her father was also on that circle, starting reuniting all these uh, influential musicians there, most specifically Menescal, Boscoli. I told the story of Natalia extensively on uh, Brazuca Sounds this year, only about her. Her debut album here, obviously released by Elenco, was the only one. So her apartment was like this networking laboratory for uh, the beginning of the music genre. And even though many perceive Nara Leão only as a performer and like a beautiful face, she was like a very good guitar player as well not as much as a songwriter that's the reason she became relying on many of new songwriters of the time or some unrecognizable songwriters from the past Nelson Cavaquinho, Zecchetti, Cartola pretty much responsible for taking Bossa Nova out of the elite and bringing to the masses, right? She was connected with samba, the favela, the masses. On the background now is O Sol Nascerá by Cartola. And obviously all these album covers were designed by the same graphic designer, Cesar Vilela. Very important name in the history of Brazilian album covers then always working with a photographer. His name is Chico Pereira. That pair were responsible for every single album on Elenco record label from 63 to 66. And even before that, they were making work for many other seminal album records in Brazil, including Chega de Saudade by João Gilberto, very iconic album cover as well. Linda tempestade, o sol nascerá. Linda esta saudade, hei de ter outro alguém para amar. Nara Leão ended up moving away from the record label Elenco, mostly because of a disagreement with Aloysio, the owner. He wanted her to be more in her lane, talking about those idyllic things like the ocean, the nature, and whatnot. Nara Leão was not having it. She really wanted to participate in Brazilian struggles, uh, and obviously she became anthological by doing that not only her but this other guy also from the second generation of Bolsonaro, Sergio Ricardo A fábrica faz assim 
And the factory makes this sound. This song is a fábrica. Very, very clever arrangements, right? Simulating the sound of an actual factory uh, in Brazil. And as you notice, Sergio Ricardo was also distancing herself from the themes of nature and Copacabana and talking about more struggles. This record here is already 1964. It's called Um Senhor Talento. Uh, and Sergio Ricardo was actually signed with the label after being laid off by the Odeon. Uh, he had a mega hit before that, right? Zelão. Famous song that he performed at the classic album Bolsa at Carnegie Hall. He was a guy with a past already. He was not a new guy on the scene. Two Bolsonaro records on Odeon, plus a soundtrack for the film Deus e o Diabo na Terra do Sol, in English was translated as Black God, White Evil, iconic movie from the Brazilian vanguard cinema in the 1960s, uh, directed by Glauber Rocha. If you never saw that movie, you're missing out. You should definitely do it. Uh, and Sergio Ricardo, the composer, He was a filmmaker himself. He actually directed a couple of movies too in the 1970s. But he was like a multi-talented guy, a guitar, piano, songwriter. He wrote every single song in here. And by the way, for a Bolsa Nova record, he was extremely percussive. A lot of reference from the African-Brazilian roots, in fact. Levando o vento e chicana pra um pranto e uma oração. Barra vento. Se barra vento chegar, não vai ter peixe pra vender. Barra vento. Filho sem pai pra criar, mulher viúva pra sofrer. Barra vento. This song here is just absolutely great. It's called Barra Vento. Sergio Ricardo was, in fact, one of the responsible for a cultural shift on the Bolsonaro movement by approximating with a more popular class, uh, writing less about Ipanema, Rio, the Bohemia, and more, as I said before, about people's struggles in the lower class. Sergio Ricardo and Nara Leon, right? These two... Uh, of the second generation of Bolsa were bo both kind of initiating what sooner will be used and labeled by journalists uh, as MPB describing the sounds of Caetano Veloso, Chico Buarque, Gilberto Gil. To me, by the way, uh, this record here, and this is really my personal take on that matter, this album here, it is the first quintessential MPB record ever produced in Brazil. Tristeza mora na favela Às vezes ela sai por aí Felicidade então Que era saudade sorrir 
Brinco um pouquinho enquanto a tristeza não Sadness lives in the favela. Sometimes it goes somewhere else. Happiness plays around a little bit, only while the sadness don't come back. This lyrics here is absolutely great as well. The song is called Enquanto a Tristeza Não Vem, While the Sadness Doesn't Come Back. Beautiful, beautiful. A lot of elements of samba incorporated uh, in all the tracks of this record. Like all the other designs, this album cover here is also very, very cool. One more time, the name of the album is Um Senhor Talento, a great talent. But senhor is also like a slang back in the day for something that is great, right? It means sir. The acronym for senhor is SR, which is the initials of Sergio Ricardo. So it's like a play of words right there in the cover. Uh, Ricardo, his name, we say like with a hard R. Ricardo is Richard. So this song here is literally about the tambourine, right? Like the percussive elements in carnival parades. And it seems very trivial. However, at the time, these percussive uh, elements of samba were generally replaced by the drums of a jazz trio, right? Not the proper percussive element itself. Depois de toda alegria And if we're talking about a guy who was a little bit distancing herself from the monothematic songwriting of Bolsonaro, what to say about this other dude here, Edu Lobo. This is the opener of Edu Lobo debut record released in 64, epic, Boranda, with a samba, in fact, whose lyrics shift, as I said before, from the usual Bolsonaro things uh, to the plight of a village waiting for the rain. Edu Lobo, obviously a key figure in the development of MPB as well. Obviously, also, Edu Lobo was frequently overshadowed by the others. Even now, in the international audience, everybody knows about João Gilberto, Tom Jobim, Vinícius de Moraes, not so much about Edu Lobo, but he made it clear right from the beginning with his record here, he was like a force 
to be recognized uh, as a songwriter and also as a guitarist. He already had so many songs at the time performed by different artists, but that was time for Edu to be the man of his own, and that's what the record label owner wrote in the back cover of the album. Edu Lobo, in a short time, became one of the most important songwriters of his generation. His music is a spontaneous comprehension of reality for such a young composer. I've been observing his work and talent, and I realized nobody is better than him to perform his own songs. I felt immersed in his music, and I believe everyone who listens to it will feel the same way. Another great song here, Zambi. This one is written in partnership with Vinicius de Moraes. This entire record, Edu Lobo, is being accompanied by the Tamba Trio. Right, phenomenal uh, Bolsonaro jazz trio from Brazil at the time, led by pianist Luis Essa, which, by the way, partial credit on this album here must be given to Essa's explained work of arrangements. Se o amor não é mais bastante pra vencer, eu já sei o que vou fazer, meu senhor, uma oração. Vou cantar para ver se vai valer. Ai, ela dai essa batana de Maria. Ai, ela dai essa batana de Maria. Obviously, the most popular song on the album is actually this following here called Reza, later used as a snippet on Caetano Veloso record, Transa. <laughs> So, this record here opened the door for what will be labeled as MPB by its versatility, its bosa, but also many other things. Uh, and by the way, another very iconic album cover, this time around, the black and white playful elements has Edu Lobo wearing a sweater vest and that vest in the red color, just like the red dots that became so iconic attached to the record label Elenco. And also, by the way, the photographer was Chico Pereira, who, by the way, was not only a photographer, right? Pereira's apartment in Copacabana is, was also one of those places where Bossa Nova uh, was formed and created. Chico Pereira and Roberto Menescal were big, big, big friends. And if for one side, Elenco was 
signing all these new guys on the scene. Aloysio Oliveira was also smart in signing some artists that were quote-unquote washing up on other record labels. O homem que diz sou não é Porque quem é mesmo é não sou O homem que diz dou não dá Porque ninguém dá quando quer Coitado do homem Here is Canto de Ossanha One of the Afro Sambas Written by Vinícius de Moraes e Baden Powell And here performed by Agostinho dos Santos uh, in his record released by Elenco in 1966. It is a self-titled record, a name that definitely should be more recognized in Brazil or international. Um, Agostinho dos Santos was there before everybody was there in many different genres, uh, including the 1950s. It was more like a crooner, right? A radio era singers, like his baritone voice singing a lot of different genres, as I said, boleros, cha-cha-chas, uh, the Brazilians, sambas at the time as well, and also obviously transitioned himself into Bossa Nova. Augustinho dos Santos was there in the epic Bossa at Carnegie Hall in 1962 when the genre was introduced to American audience. Uh, Augustinho dos Santos sing two songs in that performance an album na vida Manhã de Carnaval, from the movie Orfeu Negro, and also A Felicidade. And unfortunately, of all those guys, Tom Jubim, João Gilberto, Menescal, Vinícius de Moraes, introduced to the New York audience, Augustinho dos Santos was the one that didn't get the same recognition. Gotta only speculate here, there was a little racism involved. Augustinho dos Santos, after all, is a very black man. Uh, but he was somewhat a superstar in Brazil, as I said, in the 1950s and 60s, right? Not many people remember these days. But in the 1950s, I gotta make that very clear, Augustinho dos Santos was like a very recognizable guy. Not only Agostinho dos Santos was there before everybody, he might been have the responsible for the starting point of Bossa Nova because it was him that introduced João Gilberto 
to the rhythmic innovations of Johnny Alfie, considered to be the father of Bossa Nova, right? So it was when João Gilberto met Alfie that he starts innovating with his guitar beats, the way of singing all his harmonic and melodies. And it was Agostinho that put those two guys together. But around this time here, 66, as I mentioned before, Agostinho was a little bit washed up, right? Bossa Nova was really transitioning to something else. And so it was kind of an obscure record, this one here, with many great performances, though. Uh, four of the ten songs on the record were actually written by a new guy on the scene, Marcos Valle. Você é tanto que na vida nada tenho seu encanto e nem mesmo a luz do dia tem toda a sua. So this is the Augustinho dos Santos rendition of Seu Encanto that Marcos Valle recorded before in 64. This is my favorite version though. Obviously Marcos Valle is also a genius, but when you compare voices, when you compare the actual act of singing, beat this guy here is very hard. Agostinho with his baritone voice, very imposed everything. It's very powerful that comes out of the mouth of Agostinho dos Santos. And this record, by the way, is long overdue a reissue in any form, LP or CD. This record was never reissued before. And by the way, it's not that hard and not that expensive to find. So I totally, totally recommend you guys go out there. It is not available on Spotify, for instance. Very important piece of music history right here. Just like this following artist, also a singer, a performer, more than a songwriter, that's a female from the samba, Araci de Almeida. Lyrics are written by Marcos Valle. The performer is Aracide Almeida. I talked a little about Aracide Almeida in our show about the history of samba. So she was there since the 1950s recording many, many, many different albums. Here is 1966. Her first and only put out by Elenco, and it's pretty much a samba record more than a bossa nova record, including a lot of songwriters from the past, but also new guys like Marcos Valle in here. Marcos Valle himself, uh, he was from this second generation of bossa nova writers. Batucada surgiu, nenhum branco ficou. Ser branco é ter cor 
She's singing here. Samba beat it's began. No one whites to be seen because being white is have a color and a lack of love. Marcos Valle in here. He and his lyricist brother, Paulo Sergio. By the way, they grew up in a wealthy family. So sometimes it's quite interesting that he wrote so many songs about blackness and this idea of being proud of being black like this song here is called Batucada Surgiu Aracid Almeida was a little washed up, but this record here is top to bottom, a phenomenal record. Aracid Almeida being obviously probably the most popular name of samba female singers alongside Clementina de Jesus. So, so many songs on these records here are just big standards, particularly from Noel Rosa. And in this entire record here, Aracid Almeida is being backed by Roberto Menescal e seu conjunto, right? The group uh, of Roberto Menescal, who plays the guitar. The record is called Samba. É Aracid Almeida, or Samba is Aracid Almeida. So, 1966, all the way to the end of the label in 68, it was clearly a lack of money going on, so the simplicity of the graphic design was clearly evident. Even the album cover, it is not really as iconic as the other that was mentioned before. Já mataram o Laurindo, mas não se sabe quem foi. Although obscure, in my particular opinion, this one's of Aracy's most uh, interesting records featuring unforgettable renditions of samba, bossa, and other music genres as well. When she released this record here, she was already in her 50s. As I mentioned before, in the 1980s, which is actually like a part of a jury of song contests on the TV. She was the grumpy one, by the way. So I grew up in the 1980s watching Aracida Almeida. He always throwing a pineapple on whoever was performing a song on stage. <laughs> it was actually very funny. And with that one, I'm gonna wrap it up. But before going, I gotta mention these two other records here very, very briefly, just because they basically the all concur of Elenco cast. Obviously, first, it is the debut solo album of Antonio Carlos Jobim, uh, released internationally first as the composer of Desafinado Place, 
by Verve Records and produced by Cree Taylor, but this album was released in Brazil a year later by Elenco, with a different name, by the way, in Portuguese, in Brazil, the album was just titled Antonio Carlos Jobim. It's almost like a compilation, so many standards, so many international hits put together, Girl from Ipanema, Agua de Beber, How Insensitive, Corcovado, One Note Samba, Jazz Samba, Desafinado, Chega de Saudade, like 90% of the album are very recognizable songs, even today, 60 years later, almost every single song, obviously also written by Antonio Carlos Jobim, normally in a partnership with Vinícius de Moraes. about Bolsa Nova and the Elenco record label without citing this album here, A Vontade, released in 1963, is like, as I said before, the supreme work of Bolsa Nova standards, uh, like Girl from Ipanema, for instance, that opened the album, uh, Samba do Avião, and many others. But also these Afro sambas that Vinicius de Moraes and Baden Powell would explore later in their career. This song on the background is called Candomblé. Uh, A Vontade obviously shows Baden Powell. He was kind of at the antithesis to João Gilberto, more nocturne and precise and interpretation of Bossa Nova. Baden Powell, he uses more this samba and classical influences, right? He was more like a classic trained guitar player. Powell showcased his virtuosity like in the forefront of his music and obviously creating his urgency. Top to bottom, one of the best albums of Brazilian history, one of my five favorite albums. At some point, I'm gonna make an entire show only to talk about this album here. That being said, it was once again a pleasure. See you next time. Bye-bye. This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.